1: Uh, pretty bananas. You know, I spent a couple weeks
2: aping out on this game. Oh yeah, man. I mean, this, this, this is bananas. B-A-N-A-N-A-S.
1: So, uh, we're going to go off track, uh, this early. Um, I have young children as some of our Mm -hmm. listeners probably know. And one of them, unfortunately has gotten to the age of asking for kids pop music. Woo. And, There's some Uh, inappropriate stuff in there. There's a lot of inappropriate stuff in there, (laughs) but the insidious inappropriate stuff is stuff like what you just did, right? Because it's really easy to change that line to be like, this is bananas Mm B-A-N-A-N-A-S. But when you've been hearing that song since 20s, I guess, right? So like for a long ass time, I've been hearing that song. And so it's really easy for my brain to just flip into autopilot and just be like, this shit is bananas. <laughs> be- oh, wait. Oh, oh no. Oh, no, no, no. And I it just, it, everything in American culture is escalation. So it's just a matter of time before there's like kids bop gangster rap, where it's just like, three minutes of mostly silence and elongated vowels because they have to throw 90% of the words in the garbage. That's I, coming. I would love,
2: I would love to hear Eminem kids pop, you know, <laughs> right? I mean, like I, I'd, but, I'd, but I'd not, throw ten- they can't
1: cheat. They have to keep the message of the song. They just have to soften the language because yeah. anybody could just take the rhythm and write different words. They have to keep That's a weird owl song. Yeah, no, I don't want a weird out song. The I want message a message of the song yeah. and just somehow elongate enough vowels and replace enough words with sound alikes that, Oh man. Yeah. Like, like the, the real sun shady. Yeah. No, I, anyways, that, f- that feels like it'd be a weird challenge for like a college student, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, be yeah. Like, like, Oh, you want to, you know, you want to go into a career in music. So like, here's a weird, like final project for you. <laughs> yep absolutely but what do we play uh we played donkey kong country colon tropical freeze um and th- so this game originally came out in 2014 and i played on the wii u and you played on the switch right yeah now Wii U. yeah yeah right yeah the system no one remembers existed it's- you own one of those <laughs> Uh, fortunately I know someone who owns one. So I had access to theirs. (laughs) No, I don't. I do own a Wii and I do own a switch. I don't own a Wii U. Um, a lot of switch games actually came out on the Wii U first. So (laughs) including this one. Um, but what I think is kind of interesting about this is, uh, I was afraid that we were going to have like really different experiences Because I was like, uh, they probably fixed and changed a bunch of stuff like six years later when they released it on the switch or whatever, four years later or something. Um, turns out, no, there are differences, but they're incredibly minor. And then there's an entire additional mode that we, we may talk about. But like, if you were just looking at any random moment in the game, they're almost indistinguishable. And that felt like a tremendous victory. I was just like, yes, because now I can uh, not pay for the game, right, and just borrow my friend's Wii U and play it on his system. <laughs> um, and then, then you bought it, and and uh, I'm gonna, I'm not gonna say why, but after playing this game, I think it's worth paying for. And now, 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 maybe we might talk about why. Do you have a nostalgia experience for this game at all? Or sorry, you have I a do. new nostalgia experience for this game at all? I, I do. Um,
2: I've been pushing for us to play this game for. Uh, for some time
1: for some time
2: yes yeah for, for quite some <laughs> time um, and, and one may ask oneself right like why why because you know I mean I played the original DK a bit as a kid you know um, but it definitely wasn't in my like top 10 you know like it was one that, that, that a friend played so so why would I push so hard to play this game uh, and the answer is because the only thing that makes this a nostalgia title is the fact that it is a spiritual successor to the original game And is a, uh, you know, continuing on the franchise, right? So you can very well say that, like, this game is the return to form of the SNES uh, Donkey Kong games, right? Um, So we've played it, and now we've (laughs) recorded the episode. So that means we have set precedent to play nostalgia games that don't just have the nostalgia graphics or feel, but are actually spiritual successors to original games. Of which there are several of those that I want to play. So that's my nostalgia experience for this. Is that this is precedent
1: setting? So this game is a a gateway drug for you. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. I mean, not not to you know talk about like laws, politics, because I'm ape political.
1: You know, like I don't want to get into that. (laughs) That was fantastic. And and if I didn't have a lot of interesting things I wanted to talk about, I would say like, okay, I guess we're done. Um, Yeah, that's good. so uh my experience for this game is kinda kind of like with a lot of the nostalgia games that just exist in the world and w- certainly the ones we've played on the show is um like y- if you care about video games, this is a new game like it's hard not to know that it existed I know people have' played it right I've seen um donkey has a a great review of it like i've and and he's commented on it um some of the other critics that I watch have talked about the visuals or the music or the game design or whatever so like because it's new people were talking about it when it was new and then it got re-released. So people are talking about it again. And that kind of like put it back on my radar. And, uh, I realized that donkey Kong country, the original one on super Nintendo, which we did an episode on, and you should go listen to it. If you haven't, is like a really good game. And people were talking about this game, the way I felt about that game. And I was like, Ooh, that's the thing that pushes it into to nostalgia territory for me is people are saying, oh, this makes me feel the way I felt playing the Super Nintendo originals, which is not how everybody talks about sequels, right? Nobody talks about Final Fantasy 15 and says, oh, it's just like the Nintendo one, right? No, like you would never even think they're part of the same lineage at all, right? They they have their name in common and that's about it. But this game kept getting referred back to. And I really love the Super Nintendo original trilogy, which I didn't even realize like all of those games got like multiple releases. Like there's Game Boy Advance versions and then there's Donkey Kong Country Returns, which was on the Wii. And then I never played that one, but then they re-released <laughs> it on the 3DS. And apparently that one's really good. And like, Oh my God. So there's like this whole Donkey Kong universe. I like have just skimmed the surface of, but this felt like the right place to dip back in. And so this is the one we played, and I knew to your your credit, right? I don't want anybody bespurching your name. I understood the deal with the devil I was making <laughs> because I really <laughs> wanted to play this game, and this was a really good reason to play it. And so I understood, like I am opening the door, right? Like, yeah, is box. <laughs> yeah, my my kid just came home with two of their friends and said we're hungry, is it okay if we look in the fridge? And I said, yes, knowing full well that I had just put food in there I wanted to eat and that they're now going to eat it.
2: <laughs> good, good. Or or done and can never be undone.
1: That's where we are. Um, yep. Before we uh, dive in, we got to show a little. Um, yeah, let's do it. Thank you to all of the... The, the twitter's peoples, the followers peoples, the uh reviewer leavings people's um we actually i don't I don't know i I'm always fascinated by like what makes a person decide to you know at reply us on Twitter or click follow or whatever because they seem to come in like little bursts where it'll be like quiet for a minute and then like a bunch of people and then be quiet for a minute and then a bunch of people, so I just I don't know maybe it's just a Meinhof thing where I just notice it um mm. but We just recently had a person reach out to us on Twitter that suggested a game, which if you didn't know that you could do that, you could reach out to us on Twitter, contact form on the website, go out in front of your house. Uh, And we do often play games that were listener requests. Uh, This particular listener, I really hope we get around to playing this game because they for fun rebuilt the entire first level of a Game Boy game that they loved. And like, man, anybody who's working on stuff like that, like if you just you know, faff about with those kinds of projects. Like, please just tell me about them. I don't know if it'll necessarily get mentioned on the show, but like, I personally just want to know because that's cool.
2: Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, and honestly, like a lot of the times when we're kind of going through the library and trying to figure out what to play, um, you know, we're just like, oh, well, we could play this or maybe we could play that. But I mean, like somebody else coming in and saying, hey, why don't you, why don't you do things? I mean, normally we're game, you know, like we're just kind of like we're, we're trying to figure out where to go to eat, but neither of us like are particularly, there are some places we know we don't want to go to eat, you know, but there's not out of the like 15 places. We're like, ah, you know, we, we don't really know if somebody comes in and it's like, Hey, have you tried that new Italian place? It's like, no nah, man, let's give it a shot. You know, I'm, I'm good. Let's go. You know, so uh, definitely hop on at us and, and, and suggest some games because you know, I'm in, let's do it.
1: Yeah. Would, would you say we're, we're not monkeying around with this request?
2: no yeah absolutely not i mean uh if if this if if we were it would it would break us right and then we would need to st- stick ourselves back together with
1: duct ape <laughs> 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 not gorilla glue <laughs> nope duct ape in with it <laughs> oh god okay anyway um one of the things we do is Patreon. Uh, so if you want to help support the show directly so that George can buy games and I can borrow them from my friend for free, uh, you <laughs> you can uh, give us some money. And if you give us enough money, you can become one of our 8-bit classics or 16-bit heroes. Uh, and we shout you out on the show. Uh, and so today we want to make sure we thank our 8-bit classic, John H.
2: Wielder of the Stone of Power.
1: Ooh, and our 16-bit yeah. heroes, Michael S., Keeper of the Stone of Mind. David S. Wielder of the Stone of Time. And
2: Jacob K. Wielder of the Reality Gem.
1: Ooh. Yeah. I, th- I, think, hope, that's hope. One, I think I'd want that one.
2: The Reality one's pretty... I mean, they were all pretty awesome, but I yeah. definitely think, like, Reality, uh, Mind, or Time.
1: Like, those are times pretty cool, you know? Yeah. You know what? I'm, I'm not going to be selfish. Any unlimited superpower, I would I would be happy to have it. I don't I don't need to get picky here.
2: Yeah. No, that's that, that, that's fair. Yeah. You know.
1: <laughs> uh, should we
2: talk about the visuals with this game? Uh, let's do that. They they are stunning. I ridiculously mean
1: ridiculously stunning.
2: Yeah. No, they I mean, but it's it's interesting cuz they they're gorgeous. They they absolutely are. Um I mean, it's Nintendo, man. Nintendo Nintendo knows what they're doing, you know? Um they are uh, gorgeous to the point where way more so than they even need to be. And I don't say that as like a bad thing of like, oh, you know, like it's prettier than it needs to be. Like, no, I mean, you know, they they could have easily gotten away with maybe half of the fidelity that they threw at this, but they didn't. They didn't phone it in. It looks gorgeous. It looks gorgeous at a distance. It looks gorgeous close up. Um, And I think it's because Nintendo doesn't want to like have pre-rendered cutscenes, And, you know, like in, in the sense of like, they don't want to, have donkey kong look different in cutscenes than he does in gameplay so it's just it's just donkey kong it's just the game it just looks gorgeous uh all the time and uh and yeah i mean it's it's right up there with mario i mean normally we'd be like oh these are visuals are as good as mario
1: but i mean it's nintendo of course they are yeah they're literally as good as mario um so i i want to break this into two chunks uh the characters and level design because to say like, oh, well, Donkey Kong looks like Donkey Kong. And it's like, yeah, that's true. But, um you know, like none of these characters can speak. And so, like Mario, all of their personality has to come through in the way they move, the way they behave, the way they interact with the world. And the little animations that each character has, like each hero, the good guys, has is just so like these little thoughtful touches, right? So in the beginning of every level, uh donkey Kong jumps in from off screen and like bangs down all gorilla style. And then like leans back and does the, you know, chest pound, like you would expect a cartoon monkey to do. And it's very like, ah, he's donkey Kong. But like, if you're playing multiplayer or if you have uh some, you know, a sidekick Kong, like when Dixie Kong comes in, sometimes she, lands like really dainty because she has the helicopter hair and she does like a little pirouette, but then she looks at the camera and like sees you seeing her and she kind of giggles like she's embarrassed. Right. Um, Diddy Kong kind of comes in like guns a blazing, you know, cranky Kong sort of looks like he's annoyed that he has to deal with this at all. Right. Like there's just these little touches throughout uh, including the way like you enter the water, like they all dive into the water differently. They all have like unique little idle animations. Um, in the version I played, uh, Donkey Kong takes out a 3DS In the version you played, he takes out a little Nintendo Switch because of course he does, right? But just yeah. all of these tiny little touches that make the characters feel like, oh, this is like, I'm seeing part of their life. Like I'm not playing this game. Like I'm actually seeing them do this thing and I'm sort of like along for the ride a little bit because their character is just so strong and then they extended that not with quite as much detail but they extended that to all of the little enemies like all the little stupid penguins like when they they're doing their little pace and they kind of look like they don't want to be there but then when they see you they sort of like they're like oh crap it's Donkey Kong and they like rush at you or if they have a projectile they fire their projectile or whatever and there's like there's recognition like oh Mm -hmm. Like I was just pacing back and forth like a Koopa Troopa. But now that I see Donkey Kong's here, now I got to care about it. Right. And like, now I I have to go to work basically. (laughs) And like, they have really obvious damage animations where it's like really big and flashy. So you could tell you hit them. You could tell when you got hit, like just looking at the characters, you get everything you need to know about the tone of the story and the world and like how serious this is to them, but it's not to us. Like it's very lighthearted as an observer. It's just, and I think you, you said it exactly right. They didn't have to, they didn't have to do any yeah. of that. And they did. Nope. And the game is so much better for it.
2: Agreed. Um, it, to me, the, uh, uh, visuals with the characterization, um, very much. So kind of harken back. One of the things I, I love about, um, Steven universe is the uh the the opening song, right? Is it says like we are the crystal gems, we always save the day. And if you think we can't, we always find a way. And that show makes good on that promise, right? Is that you know like so even though things get really dark and really serious sometimes, like they always save the day. Like there's no point where like anybody like dies inalterably, anything like that. This game is like that to me in the way that that the visuals, the visuals are their commitment to you, that it's not gonna get too dark or too serious, you know. So even though this is very serious for the Kongs, like, you know, it was it was DK's birthday, man, you know, and and, and he didn't even have to eat his apricots. He was eating <laughs> bananas, right? You know, like which is what he always wanted. Um <laughs> you got anything for me? No? Okay. Nope. So anyway, so <laughs> you got something to say? So uh so anyway, so you know they got blown away. So like you said for them it's like, no, we need to take back our home, take back our land. But, uh, you know, the, the visuals and the characterization shows us it's like, yeah, but this isn't at no point are we going to see like the <laughs> the end of Toy Story 3 where they're all like being <laughs> fed into the incinerator. And you're like, this is a kid's movie, you know? So um, so, yeah, I think that that's the kind of message that they're showing us with the visuals as far as characterization goes. And, and the game, again, holds true to that. They don't slap you across the face with with weirdness. It's like, look, man, you're going to play this game. Sometimes there's going to be a donkey Kong riding a rhino and you know what you call a 600 pound gorilla on a rhino coming right at you, sir. <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right. <laughs> I see you're going to keep me on your, my toes with these monkey puns. <laughs> I, yeah, I absolutely
2: am. I've got, I've got literally look at this. I got, I got like a list of them. Man. Oh my
1: Lord. <laughs> yeah. You did play marking, the game at some point. <laughs> I'm, I'm marking them off. Okay, good. Yeah, yeah.
2: This is all I did. This is all I did. Let's just... That's fair. I looked up the (laughs) the, the box art
1: and then I just looked up monkey puns. I think I got the gist. Um, (laughs) So I want to uh, now focus on the level design because uh, I noticed something and I'm going to say this right now because I want to circle back to it later, which is uh, I realized in this game, and this is probably true of a lot of platformers, but the main enemy is your home having been invaded, right? Like yeah. things are not where they belong or there's things there that don't belong there. So like there's a lot more environmental hazards than mm-hmm. I, I never really felt overwhelmed by enemies. Um, and I do want to talk about that mechanically later, but the visual design to the levels is, um, I didn't want to go all the way to God tier. Cause I, I think that that's like a little, it's a little teeny bopper It's like go straight to God tier but they're definitely S tier. This is some solid S tier level design. And I had a realization probably about halfway through the game. Cause I, I, really sunk a lot of my attention the last couple weeks into this. So I, I did manage to finish it and then even go back and play some more. Um, you really need to play this game twice. You need to play the game once and then you need to watch somebody else play it because the amount of stuff going on in the background that you can't pay attention to because you have to keep your attention on the foreground is staggering. There's uh little hints about like where you're being invaded and what the, the bad guys are changing in the world. Like in the background, there's uh little clues about where some of the secret things are in the levels all hidden in the background. Sometimes there's just believable backgrounds like, Oh yeah, there's trees or there's uh, like more, um, of like the wine making equipment, because there's like a whole wine making area that's seems dumb as hell, but is really awesome,
2: yeah one of the ones that, that particularly struck me was there's an area where uh you're going through and um they're like these big kind of you know horns that are being blown, and you know they blow air up and you go you jump through the air thing and, and all that sort of stuff uh, in the background are the penguins or whatever that are blowing them yeah, you the know players, yeah, and it's just kind of like, oh, well, that's kind of neat because, like I didn't even my brain. You you're you're so used to playing video games, you're like, oh, okay. It's it, to me, my brain was satisfied with the fact that they made this air obstacle coming from a horn. Like that in and of itself, my brain went like, oh, that's kind of, as opposed to like air coming up from a pit, which that my brain would have just been like, All right, it's an obstacle, it's a video game, I'm moving on, right? It's like, oh no, it's coming from a horn. That's pretty cool. It it didn't even occur to me like, well, somebody'd have to be blowing this horn, right? But it's in there. And I, I remember I that's one of my notes where I was like, Oh, that's like an insane attention to detail that um, you just, you're not expecting,
1: you know? Well, and and I feel like you could make an argument that hearing this description, someone could reasonably say like, Oh, so there's like a million goddamn things on the screen all the time and it's super cluttered. No, because as a newer game, they can do things with uh, color saturation and depth of field that are just not practical or possible on older games. So, you know, you might have like two or three believable layers in the original Donkey Kong Country, but in this one, you essentially have the length of your vision. So if it makes sense that the shape of this horn is like the, you know, like Ricola style, I don't know what that instrument is called, but it's like that kind of you know stereotypical horn. Uh yeah, there'd be a player based on the orientation of the bell, the player would have to be standing over there and look, there's a little penguin playing the horn right where they should be. Right. And, and the fact that the final boss actually uses that horn. So like four whole worlds later, you have to deal with that in a different capacity where he's in the background and he's launching stuff into the foreground instead of the player being in the background and the horn part being in the foreground. Like, it's just, it's un, freaking real. Like how much little attention there is to The world, even though that's not where your attention as the player needs to be or where, as you said, you expect it to be. But just. Why not like they have the processing power, they clearly thought out the world on paper, and so why not represent it so that if you pause or put the controller down and you just look at the screen or if and I am very serious saying, like, watch someone else play it so you can just stare at the background like it makes everything feel Believable. I understand it's a ridiculous video game, but you know what I mean? Like it, the world feels coherent and consistent in a way that frankly, no one is demanding. But now that it's yeah. here, like if they ever made another Donkey Kong country game, I'd be like, uh, well, tropical freeze is your new floor. Like now you got to either stay at that level or ideally somehow go up.
2: When well, the question is, do they realize the deal with the devil they were making when they made this game?
1: Right. Uh, I <coughs> certainly hope so. <laughs>
2: Yeah, right. Um, and, uh, yeah, and actually it's interesting. So, um, and I'll get into this more in mechanics, but Teddy is actually able to, he is now of a nature where he can kind of play this game. In fact, one fun little side story was at one point I got stuck stuck in an area um, because my cycle time was I, I got to play and then Lizzie got to hold the controller for one minute and then Teddy <laughs> got to play, then I got to play, right? You know, so there's a fair amount of time You know, between like my iterations for this particular thing, and uh, and so I tried thing A, it didn't work. Tried tried thing B, it didn't work. And by the time I was getting ready to try thing C, Teddy cleared from like the checkpoint to the end, like ninety percent of the way there, and just duffed like the final one, which was further than I had gotten, and. And then all of a sudden, like, like Teddy's like, all right, daddy, your turn. I'm like, all right, here, here we go. <laughs> okay. And I, and I beat it. And, and Teddy was like, oh, I wanted to beat it. I'm like, yeah, unfortunately, Teddy, it was really important to dad that he beat that.
1: <laughs> you know, like, yeah. sorry, champ, but 10 minutes ago, it was a video game. And now my pride's on the line. So, <laughs> so here we are. I don't but, love you that much. <laughs> <laughs> but that being said, it's that um,
2: the the visuals are clean enough and clear enough that, that the teddy can play it, you know? I mean, like, as far as, like, where do you need to go, it, it, to, to speak on, like, the level design, right? Where do you need to go? How do you need to get there? What things are destructible? What things are not, you know? Um, all of that is intuitive to a five-year-old, right? And this is something that, again, not to, to go too far afield, but this is a great exemplar because a lot of times in in jobs and in work, when people say, you know, oh, well, it just takes time. It takes time to train these people. You gotta train, you gotta train people. They gotta know what they're doing. It just takes time to train them. And I'm like, okay, can you play Donkey Kong Tropical Freeze? And the answer would be yes. And it's like, cool. Who trained you on how to play this? And the answer is nobody. I just picked up the controller, pressed a couple of buttons, figured it out, and then was able to play the whole game. It's like, exactly, because the game is that intuitive. Um, that being said, is there there are definite times too when they, they call out and they say like, hey, press this button here. It will help you, right? Um, I will say that for whatever reason I could never really, or for the time I play I never really internalized the pile visual, which is to say that the piles of stuff that you have to roll through mm. that mm. never really pinged me as like interact with this thing, you know? Like, so especially cause I remember uh, in one area where you have to roll through like hedges to like clip the hair of the thing to make the smile happen for it to move, you know? Uh, super didn't internalize that died a couple of times trying to figure out like, what am I supposed to do? And then, uh, and then I was like, Oh, rolling through this grass will cause me to clip the grass, you know? Yeah. So that I, and I don't think that that was the game. I think that was more so on me, but I definitely struggled to internalize that visual as a way to interact with the universe.
1: So I would say generally speaking, and to, to try and keep this as rooted in visuals as possible, uh, This game is not a -a collect-a-thon, but there's a lot of crap to collect, right? Think about some of the Mario games that have, like, way more coins just because collecting coins is fun, right? Donkey Kong Country is and continues to be that with bananas, but there's also the Kong letters. There's also uh, puzzle pieces, the puzzle pieces. There's alternative exits to, but only in some levels, right, that unlock other levels and coins. Yeah, the the coins, which you can then use to go buy other stuff. Um, And and I I say all that in visuals to say. You kind of could ignore almost all of that, right? So. If you don't internalize a mechanic deeply enough to use it to ferret out secrets, that probably won't stop you from finishing the game, but it will stop you from like 100%ing the game or maybe getting into all the nooks and crannies that you might otherwise and and I agree with you that there were a couple times um I didn't have a problem with the grass the thing I had the problem with was uh in the winery level there's like you see a little bit of the it's kind of like a pumpkin fruit thing I don't know what it is but like the the thing they're pressing into wine um before the platform shoots up out of the bottom of the screen there's a little like splash animation and that splash animation to me was too far before when you actually are supposed to jump on the platform just mm. and that's like a side effect of my games literacy right is like i would see that visual and be like ah platform and i would just like over aggressively jump into nothingness and then die and and so there were only a couple of times in the whole game where i felt like oh that visual wasn't particularly clear and if you wanted to go into all of the extras then there's a lot more nuance to say like, Oh, how clear was this? How hidden was this? How much did you just have to guess? How much does it have to be luck that you fall behind this thing or jump through that wall or whatever? And that's, I would, I would entertain that, but it's a different conversation when it's secrets and when it's mandatory.
2: Right. I mean, like there was, um, because again, like even when I missed that one thing, it held me up from forward progress in the game for like a minute, maybe, you know, before I was like, Oh, okay. I, I, I got it. Cause, Um, and this is very mechanical. There's only, there's not a whole lot of ways to interact with the world, you know. So once you've, you know, once you've tried thing A and thing B, it's like maybe thing C, I guess. I don't know. Um, so, uh, so yeah, I definitely think that, um, you can make the game very obtuse when it comes to finding secret stuff, especially when, unlike in Banjo Kazooie, where there was like the, the 100% ending is presented as the true ending, you know, like, there's the ending, and then that's the ending. And then there's a bunch of other stuff you can go get that, you know, is fun. And you can, you know, use it to test your mechanical knowledge of the game. But it's not, it's in no way mandatory. Like, when I didn't get all the Kong letters, I was like, all right, you know, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm fine with it. Um, I will also say that one of the things that the game does visually that I thought was very good was it will change the zoom on the camera, uh, like, automatically for you you know um which i i i like the place where i noticed it the most specifically was on like minecart levels where basically is if you're if you're moving faster the camera zooms out so that way you can you know see what's going on when it requires a little bit more nuance but there's not you're, you're going a little bit slower the camera zooms in so the amount of time between when the thing Thing that you need to deal with happens, and when you need to deal with it, that time is constant. No matter how fast the cart is going, so it makes the player feel like, "Oh man, the cart's going so fast! Look, I'm ducking, I'm moving, I'm weaving, I'm doing all this this sort of stuff." And it's like, it feels that way, but actually, what the game is demanding of you is the same: is that you know you will see a thing on the edge of the screen, and the time it will take that thing at the edge of the screen to hit you the player and therefore require interaction on your part It's the same because it's just when you're going slower and you're dealing with kind of more nuanced stuff, the camera zoomed in way more, which I think is a really amazing way to generate tension without generate any generating a skill wall,
1: you know, or, or you have more, because I wouldn't be surprised if there's some parts that are a little, maybe a tiny bit faster or slower, or or maybe they just throw more objects at you in the same amount of time, mm-hmm. but having, you know, ramping the difficulty up or down by 10%, but making the feeling go up or down by a hundred percent. Like yep. that's, that's the magic trick, right? It's like, Oh, this looks like I'm going super fast. And it's like, eh, but you're not right. Like you ever, uh, you ever lay on a skateboard or something and like slide on the ground. So like your face is, you know, six inches from the ground you feel like you're going a thousand goddamn miles an hour, but then when you're up in a plane and you're actually going 800 <laughs> miles an hour and you're looking down at the ground, right? It's, it's that perspective thing that is hard. Not every game nails this with the camera. Like we've played a lot of games where our overwhelming complaint about the visuals was the camera.
2: Yes. Yeah, no, absolutely. <laughs> and actually uh, just, just re- real fast. It's like, you know, man, man, when I'm on that, that, that skateboard, you know, that close to the ground, it feels like I'm going a, a million miles an hour. But when I'm in a car going, you know, 60 miles an hour, like it, it feels like nothing. It's like, well, you're actually always going at 3,600 miles an hour because the <laughs> earth is rotating around the sun, which is going at. It's yeah, like, oh, wait, you wait, and wait. your precious frames of reference. <laughs> <laughs> um, actually, what one thing uh, that I will say, you know, what will make you feel like you're going way faster than you actually are when you have no control over the thing that you're moving in? Because the minute that you, somebody can be, you can be sitting in a in a grocery cart and somebody can be running behind you with it and you feel like you're going like 10 miles an hour. And then when they let go of the grocery cart, you feel like you're <laughs> going a bajillion miles an hour. And then suddenly it hits you that even though it feels like you're in a car, uh, you have no control over anything. You are now a physics experiment of mass and, and momentum, you know. And so... Uh, yeah. So when you see the thing coming at you, uh, it, anyways, that
1: doesn't matter. The I, point is, I, I suspect that that was uh, not a completely fabricated example. It it it, it was not. Um, <laughs> nor,
2: nor, nor was the destroyed grocery cart. Nor nor was the police questioning that followed. <laughs> <laughs> And there is no good explanation. Yeah, no, I, like no, <laughs> d-
1: I would way rather leave this up to people's imaginations. Please say no more.
2: No, no, no. Yeah, no. <laughs> I'm just saying that, that when asked why are you doing this, it's just <laughs> you've got nothing, right? You're like, I, you know how I'm bored and angry kind of all the time, right? I mean, <laughs> shopping carts.
1: <laughs> um, can I gush just a little bit about the? Oh, have you not been so far? <laughs> Oh, no, I'm sorry. This is this your me- analytical hat. Yeah, this, this has been me with my lab coat on. Like, oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. No, uh, there are only that I saw because I, I I did beat the game, but there were some bonus levels I didn't get to um, at least probably like half a dozen. Um, but sprinkled throughout the game are these like silhouette sequences. And there's a few levels where the entire level is silhouette. Do, do you recall these? Yeah. So. I don't know how an artist or a team of artists really um, were able to say, okay, we're going to make this game. That's uh, really visually rich where the world feels completely believable. Like Donkey Kong really lives in this place and his home is being invaded. And so it's super obvious which things are out of place and which things are Donkey Kong things. And, and then also somehow say, but in these levels, None of that and everything will be black except Donkey Kong's little red tie and it will be as beautiful. Like how does one accomplish a feat like that where there are, I don't know, four or five, maybe more levels in the game where the, the deep background, like what's really far away is there. But everything in the foreground, everything you can interact with, every platform you're standing on, the characters themselves, solid black. It's like playing freaking Sin City, but Donkey Kong. And they're <laughs> so just artistically pleasant. I just loved... Like, every time I opened a level and it was one of those levels, it was like a little Christmas present where it's was just like, oh, Yay! These are so fun to look at. Like, they're just... And like Cranky Kong, like his beard is in normal color, and like Dixie Kong, I think it's her hat Dandana. and ponytail, maybe
2: bandana. I think
1: is it, but there, yeah. you know what I mean. There's like one color element, and so mm-hmm. it's it's not like you're not in shadow. Like this is an artistic choice to make everything in this like solid black silhouette, which means the textures of surfaces need to somehow still be readable. The behavior of enemies needs to somehow still be readable. Like if you've ever uh, looked at anything about cartoon animation or video game animation, um, a real animator will talk a lot about like readable silhouettes. Like you have to be able to tell what this character is doing just by their outline because they're moving fast or there's a lot of crap going on or whatever. And that, that makes for some weirdness if you like pause it and freeze frame, but generally you break certain rules of natural human vision to work in this 2d medium. And this is like a masterclass in that it's like, I always knew where I was, what I was doing, what I was standing on, what I could interact with. What was a threat to me? Like, it's just, it I'm just like, God damn, these are like little art house movies. Like I would just watch somebody play through this four minute level and just set it to like, you know, sad, French accordion music and just, just be like, just put a film grain over this. And this is like somebody's senior project in film school.
2: Yeah, no, I think that, um, that with those particular levels, uh, again, they are, they are very kind of artistically done, but you know, by, by creating, it's almost, I think those levels are almost like them bragging, right? Because I, I agree <laughs> that, with you. That's completely. fair. <laughs> you know, because I mean, like they, they, like you said, is that they, you have to have a clean silhouette right i mean if you if you don't do that then enemies will get conflated really really easily right so um normally the only time when you don't have that is when you're using palette swapping which does have some reasons to do that as we've discussed but a lot of the times it's because people aren't don't want to spend more on art assets right you know so so the fact that they say like hey our silhouettes are so good that we can just throw all of this basically in a um, catch me if you can like intro you know um, and then yeah and then they basically said like well what's the most defining part of each of these
1: Kongs and then you
2: know they they went from there so uh, yeah no they're gorgeous absolutely
1: and I don't I don't want to go too much into some of the the mechanical things that I noticed happen with the silhouette levels I'm gonna to try to remember to circle back on that but um uh, aside from me just gushing more about the visuals in this game, uh I'm I'm ready to segue into audio. Uh
2: I do, the only the only last visual thing that I had was that uh and this is this is such a minor gripe, but um you know I was playing through his do Donkey Kong. <laughs> I was playing through his Donkey Kong, and you were like, hey, you should uh you should try playing his Funky Kong. And I'm like, I think that Funky Kong plays like this other thing that I'm going to liken him to, and he does. Um, <laughs> but it was at that point, and and so when I was like, okay, I want to play through as funky Kong. So they were like, well, do you want to play as in, in funky mode or do you want to play in normal mode? I was like, well, I want to, I want to play in normal mode as funky Kong. And they're like, no, nah, you can't do that. And I was like, okay, out. <laughs> I'll play in funky mode as funky Kong. Okay. And then I realized that intro cutscene that is very beautiful and very, very fun to watch is unskippable. Oh, so yes. And, and yes, I was like, it is. I'm like, why man? Like, it's like, you just you just didn't quite stick the landing. And again, it's such a minor thing. Like, does it impact your ability to play the game? No, because chances are when you're playing it, you're not reviewing it. So you're not starting the game three different ways under three different conditions to scientifically test what's under the hood. You know, so is it going to impact your way to play it? No. Why isn't it skippable? I have no idea. Yeah. It's not like you're playing this thing for the plot. You know, it's not like not knowing what the plot is is going to negatively impact your ability to play the game.
1: This game has two, like, fully cinematic cutscenes that I know of. The one at the very beginning and the one at the very end. Um, And there's a lot of little, like, canned animations, like all those little character things I was talking about. Um, But in an incredibly bizarre coincidence, I also realized you couldn't skip the (laughs) opening cutscene because I started playing... And then I screwed up my save file. Nice, nice. And so then I had to start the game over and I was like, you know, oh, this, this, I'm going to I'm going to skip through this and I couldn't. And then like literally before I was able to do anything, I had to get up and walk away from the game and like go deal with the problem. And then I came back and I turned the game back on and I was like, oh, because I hadn't actually started a level like my save didn't get written to disk. So I started a new save again and started the cutscene. and i was like oh i but i i just watched you twice i don't i don't i don't want to do this i don't want to watch yeah. you and it's like i mean i'm with you it's the the tiniest of little nitpicks but i was just like huh huh what a choice let me hit let me hit start twice you know yeah um but it
2: anyway so yes audio um i i really do Think that the audio to this is—I mean, it, again, it's 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 obviously amazing, but you, you, you know why? Because it was written by DK, and he's a silverbach.
1: <laughs> I mean that that's fair. I didn't think Over it would make you. Bach. I didn't think it would make you particularly cranky if I told you that uh, these ditties are very funky. Oh man,
2: that, you see, nicely done, <laughs> nicely done. No, I mean, I I could I could take all of them and make a mixed ape on them. You know, like it's. <laughs> That was my favorite so far. <laughs> <laughs> but yours, yours was good because it was like, like in in universe. Like
1: mine's more generic, but yeah, we're no. we're both it, playing to our strengths. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, music. the music's really good. His music's yeah. really good. His music's really good. And and I realized uh, listening to it that I remember being very effusive about the music in Donkey Kong Country, and I remember uh, talking to some friends after we recorded that episode and being like oh, this music is so good. I forgot how good the music in Donkey Kong Country is. And several of them came back with, oh, I love the music in Donkey Kong Country 2 or 3 even more. And then we played this one and I was like, oh, this is one of the, they wrote this check in the original Donkey Kong Country. They were like, we're going to have real toe tappers. Like this game will be known for its music. And if you don't like it, then your opinion's dumb and wrong and you should feel bad. But yep, they decided early on we're going to write this kind of music and it's God damn it. It's going to be every bit as iconic as anything we've ever done for Mario. And I feel like they really deliver. I mean, that's a, that's a tall order to say this is a character in the Mario universe. That's going to have their whole own thing and they won't constantly be, people won't be playing this game and thinking like, oh, I should have played Mario like down <laughs> to the songs down to the underwater music. For God's sake, like the underwater music in this game is good. How do you, how do you even? <laughs> yeah. You know, I wonder, I wonder if it's like, you know, Nintendo
2: kind of being like, all right, you know, the, the, the very first thing that we had was jump man versus donkey Kong. And man, you know, like, like we really played, <laughs> Played off this this Donkey Kong thing like we really we really did him wrong you know so now he needs to be like as good as Mario you know we need to we need to write the ship but yeah no it's uh it's 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 beautiful music uh it 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 absolutely all of them are because I mean this is supposed to be a fun kind of tropical adventure so um that all of the music is kind of themed to that you know is that the music is is it's fun you know it's very fun upbeat uh. Yeah, like I, I, I could imagine listening to this at, you know, like while in a hammock sipping on a Mai Tai, like on a beach somewhere, you know, like and, and and just listening to this. It would it would feel appropriate. But no, I mean the the music is absolutely gorgeous. Not only is the music amazing in its own right, it there's there's two sets of it, right? Because there's the music and then there's the music when you've got another Kong on your back, right? Uh just like in Yoshi. So just like Yoshi in Super Mario World, you know? Um, And that's awesome because it, of course, lets you know that, you know, hey, I've got, even if you're just sitting there and you look away for a second, or if you're looking at the environment and not, not your, uh, not Donkey Kong, um, you immediately know that what state you're in, but also it just adds an additional layer to the music, which is fantastic.
1: Well, and there's, Not even they didn't even sully themselves by just saying, well, each level will have, you know, a track or each world will have its track or whatever, because in the very first level, one of the very first things you do is slide down a little hill and fall into the water. And even though that water is very shallow, right, a bunch of things mechanically are happening. They're kind of teaching you about how gravity works and you get to see the beautiful animation of Donkey Kong falling like he's out of control but then he sees the water so he switches into a dive right another one of those like little touches that I, I love um but when you're underwater it switches to the underwater music which is the same melody as the underwater music in the original donkey kong country which as an old person just made the pleasure centers of my brain just light up like <laughs> fourth of july i was just like oh i I I know this I I got that reference I like this right like it was just very pleasant and the and the music throughout there's a lot of um I guess familiar like Donkey Kong Country melodies that they've probably been reusing for the entire series but then there's also a lot of original music just to this game and the fact that like if you're in a level uh, like in one of the cave kind of indoory levels uh, it's it's the rocket you know which I realized is the controls for a helicopter you know where you press a to go up, and then you just do nothing to descend, and that's all you can do. You can't go left or right or up or down or back in time. And <laughs> I, th- I really, I really appreciated that those vehicles have their own music. So the level has its music, but then when you get on to the vehicle, the vehicle music starts. And if you have your extra Kong, then you get like that extra layer of like drum tracks or the additional instrument or whatever it might be. And it's just like again, s- so. It's like, oh, okay, this game's got, you know, 30 levels. And it's like, okay, 30 levels. It's like, so we got to write 30 songs. And it's like, no, you dumbass. Is this your first day? Most of the levels only have one song, but a bunch of them have two. Sometimes you can start and stop the music by going in and out of the water, which means those tracks have to blend into each other nicely. Also, all of the additional characters are going to add on additional instruments. So we have to account for all of that in all of those other compositions. So There's just... Like why, why did you put in all this effort because it was the right thing to do,
2: yeah, because it made free and and, and it's definitely one of those you know uh you, you didn't notice it, notice it, but your brain did, you know like it's <laughs> it, it you you do you do notice it you know you, you or more more specifically, and this is something that um I am by no means an artist, but one of the things that i've I noticed with the little four ways into uh game development art that I've done is that you very very note it very rarely notice the presence of a nice touch you notice its absence you know so like literally when i was doing some pixel art is i was just kind of like man if i put one pixel out of place or in the wrong place you're going to notice it if i get them all in the right place it just looks normal right if i you know don't size this image correctly or if it if this is cut off at a weird angle or to rear sided or if i don't feather this correctly it's going to look wrong if i do everything perfectly then it will just it will just seem correct, you know? Uh, And, and this game is an exemplar of that. I think this is also a great exemplar of what a triple A game can do if they're just trying to make a 2d platformer, right? They're not trying to make like some big, immense, immersive, procedurally generated three dimensional world bending.
1: Like it's just like, no, I open world with crafting and RPG elements. And also there's vehicles and also, and also, and also, and it's like, no, yeah, it's like, no, pick one thing and do that thing. And do
2: it really well. Um, so one of the other things that the that I believe is done very well is the sound effects, right? So the sound effects never compete with the music, right? They're always um, they're very very distinctive in the sense that you would never conflate uh, the picking up a banana noise to the slamming down on an object noise. But the volume of those things is all very low compared to the music, right? So um, at no point. Are you trying like, to hear the music over what it is that you're doing? So the sound effects make you aware of how you're interacting with the world, but they don't
1: compete with your immersion in the world, if that kind of makes sense. It does. And I also feel like the the sound effects have a lot of thought put into their duration. Like the picking up a banana noise makes no sense because it sounds kind of like two wooden tokens. It's it's like a little, like, tink sort of noise. Mm-hmm. Um, But it's really short because it it's good that you know that that happened, but it's not, like, it's not going to kill you, right? Whereas when you hit an enemy, it's like a badunk, and it's like a much more dramatic, extended... You have more time to notice that that sound happened, essentially, right? So you've got the visual feedback, but then the audio feedback is a lot more like, hey, yes, yes, you did indeed hit that enemy or, you know, grab onto that thing or the barrel exploded, right? Like the explosion noise is a pretty protracted, like, and it's, you know, very cartoony and extended. But those are the noises that if you don't know those noises are happening, you might miss a jump or fall in a pit or get murdered by an enemy or whatever. So like having those be a little longer and more drawn out, and then having like, oh, you picked up a thing, just being like, like eh, you got it, you got the coin, you got a banana, like, that's good. But it's not gonna, you're not gonna win or lose based on getting that single banana, most likely. Right?
2: No, agreed. Um, and yeah, I can't think of too many places where there's a whole lot of sound effects to let you know about, you know, things that you would not have gotten visually. But again, the sound effects kind of help, help build the world, you know, they kind of help, uh, you know like springs sound like springs and that's great but they're not you know <laughs> you know, like they're not like these this insane cartoon thing they just they just help flesh out the world so as usual i don't have a tremendous amount in the audio other than it's just it's it's it it gels very well together
1: so i played this game start to finish uh co-op um and then i did a lot of my like side playing solo um and the biggest difference that that meant uh, for the audio portion of our program, is when I was playing co op, I did not have headphones on. And when I was playing solo, I had headphones on. And there are as many little audio touches as there are visual touches. And honestly, they're subtle. Like they're so subtle that I was, I kind of took my headphones off at one point and turned the volume on my television way up. And I was like, Geez, even really listening for some of this stuff, it is hard to pick up on TV speakers, on headphones, or maybe if you have like a super boss surround sound system or something, you would notice it. But the best example I can think of to encapsulate this is each of the Kongs is pretty different in scale, right? Like Donkey Kong is massive and Dixie Kong and Diddy Kong are little monkeys, right? So they sound like the correct weight. Like when Donkey Kong is running, not only do all the surfaces have slightly different sounds like, you know, the sand makes sand noise, wood creaks and like the natural surfaces make, you know, kind of like walking through grass sorts of sounds. But there's more of that as Donkey Kong because he is heavier. He sounds heavier. Dixie Kong and Diddy Kong sound lighter. Uh, Cranky Kong makes like it's a cartoony pogo noise, but it's like only he makes that cartoony pogo noise when he does his little, you know, zelda 2 scrooge mcduck thing um i'm actually i i almost wish you were wrong and that they had brought that up more because it's so hard to hear on regular speakers unless the tv is really cranked but then when you play this game with headphones you're like oh my god they put so much thought into the soundscape like so much damn thought but with the visuals, you know, you could pause the game or you could be watching somebody else play and be like, oh, that's cool. I never noticed that in the background. Sound doesn't get that benefit. Like I almost feel bad for the people that put in all this love and care. And it's like people might love this game and cherish it and have played it inside and out and never hear some of these sounds ever. And that's just, it's like, it's a shame (laughs) because there's so much attention put into it. And some of it, they do like stereo things and kind of like faux 3d audio things that you really easy to pick up with headphones on really hard on TV speakers. And like, it's just, I'm glad they did it. And I'm glad I, I was able to be in circumstances to notice it. But I bet there's people right now who are like, Oh, I love this game. 10 out of 10. And they have no idea that all this stuff is going <laughs> on because they just play on regular TV speakers at a reasonable volume.
2: and I think though, too, that, um, it would be one of those things, again, where, like, the absence of this detail would be more telling, right? So if, you know, Dixie Kong made the same noise running across the planks as, like, Donkey Kong did, then, you know, it would... 90% of people still wouldn't hear it, but once someone heard it, you wouldn't be able to unhear that, right? You know, like, you'd be like, oh, man, you know, just that doesn't doesn't sound right. It sounds weird, you know? Um, in the same way, and this is... Uh, <laughs> This is apropos of nothing, but a, a decent segue, if, if, if we're good to segue, which is, um, uh, you know, is once you notice it, you can't unnotice it, right? Like, the fact that Dixie Kong assists in your ascent by twisting her ponytail, right, by spinning her ponytail, and I got to admit, I, I, I failed. I, I gave up on doing all of the calculations necessary to understand <laughs> how fast... Her ponytail would have to be spinning to lift a, to arrest the downward momentum of a 600 pound gorilla and then cause his very quick ascent. But I am guessing just off the top of my head that she snapped
1: her neck like a while ago. You know? I mean, <laughs> I just presume it's magical hair. Like, not that all the Kongs are magical, just her. okay. I was going to say, like, I don't think that magic, like, Oh, man,
2: but there's then there's the ice guy, he's got, I mean, that's that's gotta be magic, right?
1: No, I mean, th- this is the these characters in their design are very it's full on Looney Tunes, right? Like, oh, yeah, generally speaking, I would say Mario is a little bit closer to physical reality, but it's still super cartoony. But then Donkey Kong is you know to the left of that, like, it's even cartoonier. Um, and I, I just She's so nice. I don't want to think about her breaking her neck. I do. <laughs> I do actually have one other thing that I wanted to get your thoughts on with the audio. Cause um, I suspect given the circumstances you were playing under and what I was just saying about the volume, you probably did not notice this on your own because you probably didn't have the volume up loud enough to notice it. When all the Kongs move, they make noise, right? As far as I could tell, when the enemies move, they don't make noise. the the enemies make noise when they see you. So when they go from patrol to hostile, that is when they make noise and (laughs) any enemy that has a projectile attack makes a noise either right before, or if it's really slow, sometimes right as it's making its projectile attack. And it was just like, Oh, that's, I don't honestly know exactly how I feel about this. Like, The enemies are silent until they're a threat, which I kind of see like, oh, that's good. Right. But the fact that they are silent is also like a don't don't think too hard about it. Like, why don't their footsteps make any sounds? But I I think for the purposes of clarity in the game, it makes sense that they would be like, no, you don't really need to care about them until they're going to hurt you. And then we'll get your attention. So I just I was like, oh, huh. But again, I didn't really notice that until I had headphones on.
2: Yeah. No, I I didn't notice that at all. So I agree. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Uh, Controls and mechanics?
1: Yeah. Can I do just a quick specific thing about the controls? Sure. Um, No. (laughs) Okay. Thank you. Uh, It's been a good talk. Um, Yeah. The curtain falls. (laughs) I don't think we've ever played a game that had a more ape fisted method of getting to their accessibility features around their controls than this one. So when you first start the game, it's like, Hey man, what, uh, which control scheme do you want? Do you want uh grab to be on the shoulders or to be on the face buttons? Okay, cool, cool. Do you want to use the D pad or the thumbstick? Okay, cool, cool. That's cool. Um, and then every single time, every time you load the game, it asks you that question again, or at least on the Wii U version, it does Mm -hmm. every time. Yeah. Every time I loaded my save, it was just like, Oh, Hey, uh, yeah, you still feeling pretty good about where those uh, shoulder buttons are. You still, you you good with the D pad or the thumbstick. You, you change your mind about that. And at first I was like, Oh, this is just insane. This is like the most insane thing to overlook. And then after playing the game for a while, I, I finally, it occurred to me, I was like, this is an accessibility setting. It's because there are parts of the game where you have to either press a button repeatedly or hold a button down. And for some people it's easier to press a shoulder button and hold it, or it's easier to press the face button and hold it because shoulder buttons you do with your fingers and the face buttons you do with your thumbs. I was like, this is uh, like I review games in in exchange for money. Like this, (laughs) this is ostensibly a kind of job for me and it still was not obvious to me that this is an accessibility feature because it's done in the clunkiest possible way. I don't know why they did this, but once I realized like, Oh, it's an accessibility feature. Then I wasn't quite so annoyed by it, but I was like, would most players ever realize that the thing they're deciding is between which fingers are you capable or are you more comfortable holding, pressing and holding versus which fingers are you more comfortable pressing repeatedly? Cause that's the trade off, right? The roll button or the, the banging button. You have to press that repeatedly, but then grabbing is a press and hold. Do you want to do that with your thumbs or your fingers? And I know they can't just say that they can't just literally ask that statement. Cause that would be completely opaque to a child, but this cannot be the best <laughs> way to do it.
2: Yeah, no, uh, that, that to be fair, I didn't, I didn't even recognize
1: that because I, I was just, they were like, Hey, how are you on the controls? I'm like, fine. I don't know. It, it like, took a I'm, lot of complaining out loud to whoever happened to be nearby for me to put this together. Like I'm and I'm, I'm confident I'm right about this, but even then it still feels like a stretch cause it's so awkward. Um, so you, you asked me to play as funky Kong and I did. <laughs> um, so I asked you uh, in the 11th hour too. like literally yeah, yeah. this morning, I was like, do you, You play as Funky Kong at all? Because I couldn't. See, I I couldn't get funky. I needed you to get funky.
2: (laughs) Oh, and I I, I got funky. I got up and, come on, got down with the funky. Uh, (laughs) So, uh, sorry, I'm not laughing at my
1: joke. I'm laughing at your dancing. Um, (laughs) That's fair. That's fair. (laughs) Yeah, I I needed to say that out loud. Yeah, thank God no one else had to see it.
2: Yeah. (laughs) Um, So, anyways, uh, so Funky Kong is uh, definitely a... uh, gameplay a a, a difficulty setting right um more specifically is he's basically the rabbit from uh mario U, whatever the new mario games um that you don't
1: play see i've never played any of those because they're all awful yeah Yeah.
2: they they, they, those games and this game mirror pretty
1: tightly like no no (laughs) no they don't i have played new super mario brothers we you go screw yourself enough times to know that they are terrible and how dare you sir <laughs> came the completely unbiased opinion yeah no the the lab coat is off and in the incinerator yeah, the, now. I mean, you, no i know because you threw it off so you could like
2: th- throw punches <laughs> i can't punch as well with this restraining lab coat on me um, god damn
1: these <laughs> research ethics
2: but no that being said is is at a minimum uh funky kong is the equivalent of the rabbit right um which is basically he's donkey kong but everything's easier right you know i mean like uh with the the rabbit in mario uh you jump higher you do hover like you do with donkey kong you don't get a double jump but you're also uh ostensibly invincible in the sense that you do get hit and you get checked like you do in as mario but you don't you can't get power-ups, but you also can't lose power-ups, you know um, So very very, very similar mechanic. Now, I, I tried to dig into this, um, not very successfully. <laughs> you, you You select Funky Kong like at the beginning, like you say, "I am going to play as Funky Kong," and then you're Funky Kong, like that's it. That That is my understanding, yeah. yeah. So I didn't like that because in in Mario Wii U, the terrible game that's only for idiots, <laughs> is in, in that one you can actually. Because the thing is that, like, let's just say um, that I I'm I'm playing through the level and I'm struggling, you know, and I'm like, ah, you know, I just I just I just don't want to deal with this. But I don't want to be spoken down to, and for them to go like, oh, you're doing okay, champ. We went ahead and unlocked the next level for you because you suck, you know. Which um, I get it. I get what they're trying to do. I hated that, you know, like and and again, like as a as a somebody who breaks down game designs for for money you you're gonna pay me eventually right nah oh well, <laughs> then as a freelancer <laughs> as a as somebody who does this for as as a you're, hero for fun, yeah, I was gonna um, say you're
1: you're more like a volunteer, yeah yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> um. So, uh, yeah, no, so I mean, like, I get it. I get what they're trying to do, right? They're trying to say like, hey, you know, we don't want you to rage quit this game. We don't want you to put your controller through the TV. You're clearly, clearly struggling there, champ. So we just went ahead and unlocked next level for you. That absolutely had the effect on me that every game designer doesn't want, which is I entrenched. And I said, I will die. on. I will stop playing this game before I move on to the next level. Like I will rage quit before I take your hand out sir funky kong is a good answer to that right because then i get to pick when i'm like ah you know what just whatever i'm just gonna equip funky kong um which is just gonna make all this easier and then i'm just gonna like kind of do you know do that and then get through the level right um but you can't do that you have to make a decision on the difficulty setting you want to play before you've played the game which is like a cardinal sin like you're not supposed to do that you know um in in the Mario games, you can switch between characters whenever you want, you know. So you can absolutely say like, ah, yeah, this this level's really kicking my butt. I'm going to play through as the rabbit, and I'm done, you know. Um, also, too the 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 downside to just being Funky Kong is it means that you can't switch off characters between levels, right? Which is what I would do with Teddy and the Rabbit in Mario. Is that when he was playing, he would play as the Rabbit, and then when it was my turn, I would play as Mario because I'm not a child. Um, <laughs> But you can't do that with Funky Kong. So I feel that the idea of Funky Kong is good. Um, I feel it was executed kind of poorly, which is weird because they did it right in Mario, which is also owned by Nintendo. So I don't know why they made those choices.
1: So just a quick aside, Um, this game is actually, it's licensed by Nintendo, but it's actually developed by a company, I think called Retro or something. Is that the original one by Rare? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. They, they, I don't know if they've ever made their own Donkey Kong country game. Actually, now that I think about it. Um, but, uh, this is not how I thought we were going to talk talk about Donkey Kong. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and and the difficulty, uh, differences, but, um, this is a really interesting way to back into this. So I'm really glad this is the, like (laughs) your take on it. Um, because what I was thinking, uh, because in the, the Wii U version, uh, there is no funky mode. You cannot get get up, get down with the boogie. So this game is not unbearably hard, but it's hard. And all the Donkey Kong Country games are kind of known for being like harder than Mario, right? Yeah. And, and I think we've talked about this before, but like at some point very early in Nintendo's life, like around the Super Nintendo era, they basically were like, okay, uh, we have... Mario and Donkey Kong and Yoshi, and they all exist in the same universe, but their games are going to bifurcate, right? Mario games are like standard difficulty. Donkey Kong games are a little bit harder. Yoshi games, easier, right? So if you want, not that anyone would ever choose a game this way, but if you're like, I want a Mario universe game. That's easy. It's like, Oh, we have some Yoshi games over here for you. I want a Mario game. That's like, you know, challenging, but like, isn't going to knock my head off. Oh, a Mario game would be perfect for you. I want a Mario universe game. That's like a little harder, like a little bit more complicated platforming. Oh, then we have Don Kong country series, right? It's like that, that is what happened, right? Whether that was intentional or not. And I have to believe that it was, that is what happened. The thing that that then creates some weirdness with is when you are trying to make Donkey Kong country more accessible. Cause now you're adding gray in between these two shades of gray, right? You you're, you're thinning out the gradient. So throughout the game, you can get, uh, the coins and then you can spend the coins at funky shop to mm-hmm. unlock extra lives. Uh, you can buy a green balloon that will pick you up out of a pit You can buy a uh, blue balloon that will give you air if you drown. Uh, You can also buy extra health, which persists after death, as long as you don't exit the level, which is amazing. And you can buy um, banana juice that gives you like 10 extra hit points and gives you temporary invincibility. Like they give you a lot of little in-universe accessibility options for like, oh, I suck at the platforming in this stage. So I need the balloon that'll pull me up out of the pit Or Oh, I suck at the vehicle parts. So I need the upgrade that gives extra health to vehicles specifically. But funky Kong is none of that. Funky Kong is just the concept of donkey Kong country is too hard for you, but you want to play it. So you can now play the entire game on easy mode instead of these like smaller, like in situ tweaks. And I don't like your, your report has now conflated how I feel about that because I, I agree with you. You should be able to dip in and out of funky mode. And I don't know why they make it a like save file level choice.
2: Well, and I may be wrong. Like, like I said, like the, the, the menus were a little convoluted and I didn't have a whole lot of time to, to dig into it. But from what I could tell was that it was like, you you're playing as funky. Then Then, at a minimum, you would have to leave the game to make the choice again.
1: I don't think you're wrong. I think funky mode is a game mode. Yeah. Which,
2: again, like means that you're saying at the beginning, and and to me, okay. So, one is uh, the so to speak on the items, agreed that there there are ways to quickly make the to to ebb and flow the difficulty, right? Um, One, they're earned right so that means that you are way more likely to use them because i i earned this i was good enough to play the game to make the game easier right even though like that's not what's really happening because getting coins is way easier than beating some of the levels right but that's that's it feels earned right it feels earned in the same way that like when you find the proper way to min max the character or when you know you can't beat ganondorf so you go out and or ganon in link to the past so you go out and get more heart containers and you're like ah now i can beat them. it's like yeah, you you nudge the difficulty down more but you you play did it by playing the game uh, also there they do not get consumed if you don't use them in the level and i think that that's pretty critical because then that way more so increases the likelihood of you using them right because it doesn't get into that 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 thing that that you know my wife and i think everybody does from time to time which is you know well i can't use it what if i need it later and then you never use it then you do that right where you end up with like 99, 99 elixirs yeah yeah exactly yeah <laughs> you know so so that's the thing right is that it, it it gets away from that because you can just go ahead and equip the green balloons you know and then if you just don't fall into a pit that level you retain the green balloons like you're fine um that inventory system actually, to me, is very reminiscent of Super Mario Brothers 3. You know, where you basically mm-hmm. kind of pick what you want to do before you enter the level and then you, you have that ability, you know. Especially with the, uh, the, you know, start the level with Dixie Kong. It's like, oh, so I get to start with the Fire Flower? Cool. You know, like that's pretty much the same thing, right? Um, so all of those are great ways to kind of nuance, tweak the experience so that way you're having fun. Because the point I feel that games have developed over time is that the point of the game is so that way you have fun, not so you can have some bad external, external reward of like beating the game. They're trying to make the game intrinsically rewarding, right? The reward is playing the game, not telling your friends at the schoolyard that you beat Donkey Kong Tropical <laughs> Freeze, right? So all of that being said, though, is that making Funky Kong mode a mode and not something that you can just dip into, to me, like I, I played it for half an hour and I was like, all right, I'm done, you know, because I don't, this doesn't feel like the game to me, you know, like I'm not, this isn't what they, they don't want you to play as Funky Kong, right? They say it like four or five times, like, hey, you know, you get all this extra stuff, you play as Funky Kong. I'm like, so this isn't what the developer wanted me to do. This isn't the play the game. I mean, if I go out to the to the schoolyard and say, hey, I beat, you know, Donkey Kong, and it's like, oh, really? And it's like, yeah, man, me and Funky got through the whole thing. I'd be laughed off of that field, right? <laughs> So, but again, like if it was just like a, oh yeah, I ducked into this level as the rabbit and, and then I got out. And if I remember correctly in Mario, when you do that, it co- it colors the little icon a different color.
1: So you still know like. Oh, so your record has an asterisk.
2: Yeah. But I mean, the nice <laughs> thing about that is that then like if you're like, okay, I needed to to dip in and be the rabbit for that one. Now I'm going to go back and beat all the ones where I was a rabbit, beat them as Mario, you know, so that way I can like remove my asterisk, you know? Yeah because to me, that is still superior to, Hey, sorry, you suck so hard, bro. Do you want us just to d- unlock the next level for you? Which again, like I get what they're <laughs> trying to do that, that, that was all right. It, and then I'll stop monologuing here in a second. But like there was a time when I was in, in my youth, when, uh, I had Im- imbibed of the alcohols too uh, liberally. <laughs> and I was, um, <laughs> I was spending, uh, my, my evening at that point, uh, Reliving some of my past choices by by having hands and and, and knees on the, the the ground of a uh, of of a turf right like outside right in someone's yard right just kind of uh, uh, viscerally rethinking some of my decisions as they recurred upon me right in reverse. So whilst that was happening, somebody was uh, one of our friends was trying to, to rub my back, you know, just try to make me feel better. They were just trying to be there, right? And what I tried to relate to them was. As you are rubbing my back, it is slowly rocking me side to side, which is making me nauseous. Please stop. What I said was, when you touch me, it makes me vomit. (laughs) So she got all upset and left. And at the time, I had no idea why, because I thought I had been very eloquent. This is the game version of that, right? Like, I know what they're trying to say to me, but they said... When you touch me, it makes me vomit. And I'm like,
1: I just screw you, man. You know? Yeah. I mean, having the one true difficulty, which is more or less what most Mario games do, what most Mega Man games do, right? Like it's, this is the game we designed. And if it's too hard for you, we're sorry. And if it's too easy for you, we're sorry. But this is the game we made. Hopefully you think it's fun. And there's little you know, bits of gray, there's, you know, getting the extra energy tanks or, you know, getting the armor upgrades or whatever. And like that stuff should be there. It absolutely should. This feels now that we have been ripping it shreds way more than I honestly expected.
2: Um, <laughs> hey, man, no, it's, it's, it's good. It's a good review, right? Because we're not just sitting here singing its praises. We're saying like it did some things really, yeah. really well. Did other things not so well.
1: Yeah, no, th- this is, I'm, I'm really glad I asked you to, to try it out because this was the principal difference between our two versions of the game, right? I didn't know that you didn't have it. Like, Yeah, and I actually meant to mention it to you sooner and then just completely spaced <laughs> on it. Um, but this feels like they said, okay, we made this game for the Wii U. Really good game. Only like six people on earth bought a Wii U. <laughs> we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna port this game to the switch because a lot of people have switches and they will probably buy and play this game because it's a really good game. We need to add something to make it feel like it's a re-release and not just a straight port. And honestly, that was a business decision. This game could have easily been a straight port and no one would have said, like, oh, well, it's just like the Wii U version. Like, shut the hell up, Jerry. Like, there's no <laughs> reason that they couldn't have been proud of the art that they produced. The problem is they had to make a business decision. And the business decision was the Switch version needs to be different. And doing the funky mode as an entire, we know you are going to be Funky Kong the entire game was probably easier than adding in a level by level or contingent on something happening character select. And, and that's, I mean, I'm, I'm speculating pretty wildly here, but when you think about the fact that this game is a re-release, that the funky mode was added and sort of the, Oh, you just need easy mode. Okay. I guess you're going to play the whole game on baby mode. big baby. Like I doubt that that's the feeling they wanted. I doubt that the feeling they wanted was you have to play on baby mode, but that's, Kind of what they ended up doing for, you know, players of a certain age.
2: Yeah, I think that I agree with you that um, the decision feels not thought out, right? So, what I, and especially the fact that it was added to the Wii U version, I think that decision, I, I'm not sure if it was made from like a, a business standpoint where they were like, oh, well, we have to, to make it so that way it's not a straight port. Um, but I do think that the decision was made. Without putting much thought into it, so whether it was like we need to add this mode or or to me what what may have happened was that they said, hey, one of the complaints we got about Donkey Kong is that it's too difficult for younger children, right? So we've got you know a bunch of parents that bought it for their kids and kids under the age of six just can't even touch this game, you know. Um, well, let's just add an easy mode, you know, and then and then they just added it, added Funky Kong, moved on with life, right, you know. Um, because it would not have taken too much additional labor or thought to just make it more nuanced, but I definitely think it was like a we've got 15 projects in the works, we're re-releasing Donkey Kong on the Switch, uh, we had this complaint, this This addresses that issue, move on with life, right? And then it it's just like, ah, uh, yeah, but that doesn't actually work perfectly. If it's, and again, it is better. I think it is better to have the mode than to not have it. But I think that it's like, ah, uh, but man, if you would just... If you just let me pick it level to level, then it would have been great. And especially when you have the one to one comparison of the rabbit from the Super Mario World, you're like, you, you, Nintendo, you did this right over here. And it's like, ah, uh, yeah, but like licensing, and it's it's like, no, wait, that 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 makes sense, you know. But uh, yeah, um, I you know, I uh, as far as like additional um mechanics notes, uh, yeah, I've got I've got a bunch of like m- m- relatively minor notes here. Um, one of the things that I will say is, uh, so that, that the, kind of what we were talking about is, uh, of, um, uh, being able to alter the difficulty in terms of, uh, the items that you pick in terms of funky mode, in terms of all this, the game does seem the, especially the original core game seems very dedicated to you being able to craft the experience that you want to craft. Right. Which is to say like, uh, there's no time limit right in the normal game the reason why uh i was more aware of that is because uh teddy can absolutely do an amazing job playing super mario world right except for the time limit because he'll just sit there and like play around with mario in a small little level right you know and just and he's he's enjoying it and he's internalized the mechanics and all that sort of stuff and like you gotta go man like you're you have 400 seconds to clear this level and you just burned through 200 of them doing nothing. You know, um, that's not, not an issue here. So when he was like kind of slowly internalizing the mechanics, I'm like, yeah, dude, take the time you need. It's, it's entirely fine, but you can then go back and replay the levels on time trial mode, which, you know, adds that, that layer of difficulty. So it's like, you want to play with a timer? That's fine. Do time trial mode. You want to, um, play in classic mode where you've got two hearts and the game's a little bit harder. Go for it. If you want to play it a little bit easier, get an extra heart. That's entirely fine too. Uh, you're having trouble with the platforming, then and you just want help with the platforming, have some green balloons. You you don't like the fact that you drown because like that sucks and you hate water levels. They've sucked since Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Why in the world would there ever be water levels in here? Here are some other balloons, man. You, you just, you know what? Like you just want to start the level with Dixie Kong this time because like you, you rock it out with Dixie Kong, but you died for a reason where the game cheated. Here's Dixie Kong. Like it really kind of lets the player craft the the game they want to play and kind of do it on the fly. With some obvious notable exceptions, which I
1: think is awesome. Well, the I need to add many agreements to uh, the <laughs> the note that I have, which is uh, take your time. You can just take yep. your time because I I agree with everything you said, with an additional uh, bit of cleverness on the part of the developers, which is I don't like being told you have to beat this level in a certain amount of time anywhere except time attack mode, like the fact that they are Nintendo is still putting out Mario games that sometimes have timers in them. I'm like, why, why, why? Like Nintendo, you know, better than this. I know you specifically <laughs> know better than this. Stop it. Right. None of the 3d Marios have timers, but some of the newer, all of the newer 2d Marios, as far as I could tell, are like, Oh, but it's just like classic Mario. No, screw you. So I hate that. Um, this game has the time attack mode. So if you want that pressure, awesome. But I think, even like more subtly is these levels have a lot of hidden goodies. Sometimes they're just collectibles. Sometimes they're the alternative exits. Um, But there's a lot of stuff where you actually do kind of want to slow down and take your time and look around and bang on that wall or try to jump in that pit or, you know, go chase that, that wild goose. And a lot of times it pays off because you sort of, Start to internal like when you're going looking for secrets, you're starting to internalize like oh, when the wall is like this, it's usually a destructible wall, or when there's a platform over here, that usually means if I jump, the camera will do like a late pan, so that lets me know like this was supposed to be a secret because the pan and the camera comes so late. There, there's a lot of that, but then at the same time, there's a lot of levels that are either auto scrolling. Or the level is being destroyed behind you and you have to run. And sometimes secrets are still hidden in those sections. And so I just I thought there was this like really cool multi layered like, yeah, hey, man, there isn't an imaginary clock floating up in the sky telling you what to do, because that's not how Donkey Kong works. That's how Mario works. Donkey Kong's world is way more fleshed out and like physically believable, like it could actually exist. And sometimes the world behind you is on fire and you need to keep moving forward. But that doesn't mean there aren't secrets to discover. It just means the world is on fire while you're looking for those secrets. And I like the level is driving me forward so much more than I will ever, ever, ever like there's a stupid imaginary clock floating up in the sky, telling me what to do. So like this, this feels like a balance that really works for me where most of the time I could take all the time in the world. Sometimes I better keep moving and every once in a while I better keep moving, but I need to still be sort of scanning the horizon just in case, you know, like that's, that's a balance I really enjoy.
2: Well, I think that the, the, the main difference is again, um, internal versus external, right? So, uh, in arguably setting a timer, right? Have, would have the same effect as having the the world destroyed behind you, right, which is that you gotta move right you know like ultimately the the game is forcing you to move, but uh in, in, when you're adding the external timer it it's it feels like uh like like your parents you know like saying like Hey, you gotta finish it in four hundred seconds. If you don't finish it in four hundred seconds, then you're just going to die. You know, like that's it. Like you, you don't you don't get to play the game anymore. You know, like you're you're sitting there, you've got the timer, and it's like, man, either beat the level in this amount of time, or or your big brother's going to take your controller from you, right? Um, when the level's being destroyed behind you, is it feels like that the for you being forced to consistently move forward is a necessity of the situation you've been put in, not your parents, you know, saying like. Hey, you better hurry up and get this done. It's more like I've got to hurry up and get this done because if I don't then I won't be able to complete the task, you know? So it would be like instead of your parents saying, you know, "Hey, you better you better clean up your room because if you don't then uh then you can't go out and play." Then you're like, "Man, screw you. I'll clean up my room whenever I want to." But if it's like, "Hey, you better clean up your room because the person that you like is about to come by your room and you want to make a good impression like you're on it." You can clean your room in like 30 seconds, right? You know? So I think that that it's it's that is that one of in the latter example right? It's the necessity of the situation that is putting a time crunch on you. You have to get your room clean because if you don't, then the person that you like is going to see what a complete dumpster fire of a human you are, and you don't <laughs> want them to do that, right? The other one is just like some vague externality of like threat of punishment if you don't do it. It's a um, you know, almost a carrot versus a stick. So agreed completely that I would a million times over like to be put under the tension of. The world's falling apart behind me. Let me run away from that
1: versus um, hey, if you don't do it in three hundred seconds, then you die well i'm realizing too that there's a difference in kind that I apparently have a strong preference for one over the other, which is like imagine a typical 2 d Mario level right, and if you ran that level just you know. Pedal on the floor the whole way. Maybe that level can be finished in 50 seconds, right? But you have 400 seconds. That means you could run all the way to the end of the level and then sit there for the remaining 300 seconds, right? Or you could sit for 300 seconds at the beginning of the level and then sprint to the finish line. When you are playing a level that is, uh, you're being pursued or it's being destroyed behind you, that's actually not the same thing. Because you're not dealing with the level as a whole in, say, 400 seconds. You're dealing with this problem and you have three seconds to solve it. And Now you have a totally new problem. Three seconds to solve it. Now you have a totally new problem. Three seconds to solve it. And you can't say, well, I'm going to do the first problem in one second, second problem in one second. and Then I have the remaining seven seconds to solve that third problem. No problem. Three seconds, problem, three seconds, problem, three seconds. And that creates an entirely different rhythm. And most of the levels that have that, it's not the entire level. It's a portion of the level, right? And so it it creates this almost kind of musical, like, sort of drumbeat, like, figure it out, figure it out, figure it out, figure it out, figure it out. You have to be paying attention, whereas a lot of, like, especially the earlier levels in 2D Mario games, like, once you reach a certain level of games literacy, you probably could very seriously wait. 320 of the seconds and then just hold right and press jump at exactly the right times and easily sail across the finish line. Right. So I, I think that rhythm is getting closer to the preference I'm discovering in front of you in real time. It's like, <laughs> I, I want to feel like I'm doing something the whole time and feeling the pressure from the world to move forward feels a lot more like, oh, I'm an active participant in the world, as opposed to the world is not a threat at all, but the floating clock in the sky is a threat,
2: yeah, no, I, I agreed. Um, that's kind of really all i i all the big heavy hitting notes. I got some throwaway trash, but you know i'm I'm good on it you do you have anything big for controls and mechanics?
1: um, I just had one other uh, thing here that I wanted to mention, which is um the difficulty when you're doing multiplayer is all in the levels. Like the levels are harder in multiplayer because Mm. of, uh, remember your praise for the camera. Well, Mm -hmm. the camera can't be that smart in multiplayer. It sometimes follows the wrong person or freaks out and does the wrong thing, or at least not the thing I would have wanted it to do. Right. Mm. It's easy to get distracted because there's stuff happening on screen. That is a Kong, but it's not your Kong. Um, but the reverse is true for bosses any boss fight you're struggling with can basically be solved by multiplayer because you don't lose the level unless you're both dead at the same time. So mm. if you die, you can respawn immediately. And there's like a slight delay, but I mean, you can respawn during the conflict. So right. as long as long as your partner's still alive, and there are definitely a couple of boss fights that I'm, I'm sure I could have eventually figured them out single player, but going through multiplayer, I was like, this is, This is where you benefit. Yeah, this is where you benefit from multiplayer is the boss fights are you you have this entire tool chain you just don't have in single player, right? Whereas when I was going back and looking for the extra stuff and I was playing single player, I was like, oh my god, the camera only cares about me. This is so much easier because (laughs) I never wonder where I am. I'm always in the middle of the screen. It's I just thought it was because all the boss uh, battles are, are single screen. You know, It's there's no scrolling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I was just like, oh, this is really interesting that that one little change, like completely changes the dynamic of how multiplayer functions. But um, that, uh, that's pretty much all I had. The, the only other thing I just wanted to throw out is like a, a segue into the conclusion is, um, all of the extra crap we've been talking about from like a mechanical standpoint, like all the things you can go find is layered in so well, like layered into the world and layered into the game so well that it gave me the feeling of like, right after I beat the final boss, which was really hard. I really struggled with the final boss, but we eventually got through it. And right after I beat the final boss, I was like, Oh, finally I beat the game. Now I can finally go back and play more of the game. Like there was just, (laughs) I was like, that's, that is a design victory. When yep. your players are like, Thank God I finished so I can keep playing. I was like, Ooh, that's those are the kind of collectibles you you strive for.
2: Well, which is is ultimately a again, a show of internal versus external reward, right? You know, intrinsic versus extrinsic, right? Like you the game you're playing the game because you like playing the game. You're not playing the game so you could have beaten it. And it's not to even say like, well, you know i don't play games to beat them i have no one to brag to i don't like play games so i can brag to other people it's like no you may just be playing the game so you can mentally log the fact that you've beaten it you know like one of the things that that frank and i have differed on on many occasions is and i think i think you and i differ a little bit on this as far as like like on the spectrum of once i start playing a game i have to beat it and i will drop this game in the (laughs) freaking second the minute it stops being fun to me right like
1: i think i'm between the two of you but c- way closer to frank
2: <laughs> <laughs> well i think that you're you're probably in like a happy medium right like i'm i'm way hard hammered on the this game has ceased to entertain me and like just throw <laughs> it to the wayside and it's like, like i've started so many games i haven't finished i i, and I still remember though um <laughs> and this is this is slightly tangential but like playing batman arkham asylum did you ever play that one or not uh, not arkham asylum arkham knight the last one
1: yeah i played play? uh, yeah yeah i played the trilogy yep yeah.
2: So, uh, so, you know, like there are Riddler trophies, right? You know? And so at first it was like, Oh, you have to do the Riddler trophies and you know, like he's got Catwoman, you know, like, like kidnapped and all this that you, sort of stuff. Are you right?
1: talking about the thing where he goes underground and dies there?
2: <laughs> because the minute he went underground, he's like, you got to find my other 50 trophies and then you can come fight me. I'm like, Nope. <laughs> Starve to death. I'll see you later. Like, hey, it's not
1: something I want to do. <laughs> There's... <laughs> Probably not a better example (laughs) in all of video gaming of a time where I abandoned my position for your position (laughs) because as he was like, you know, you'll have to get all of my trophies before I'll fight you Batman. I was like, then you are going to die of dehydration (laughs) down there, sir. Because there is no way in hell I could give a single crap about this. Like you, you, the minute you went, I wanted to lock you up in Arkham Asylum. The, <laughs> you just locked yourself up. <laughs> the minute you went down there, you accomplished my goal
0: for me.
2: <laughs> yeah. So that that would be a great example. But I mean, again, you know, like, like Frank also, you know, he'll he'll do that kind of stuff where he he has to complete it. And he'll, he'll admit himself, he's like, I have to complete it. Like, he'll he'll watch a TV show past it being fun because he wants to have finished the TV show, right? So there are tons of people who will finish playing a game well past the point where it's it was still fun because they just wanted to finish it right this game is not that it is intrinsically rewarding because when you were done playing it you could check it off of your list you're like okay now i want to go back and play more so uh so yeah definitely intrinsically rewarding which i think leads us nicely
1: into your oh yeah no yeah we're, we're firmly into uh this game requires no nostalgia goggles and uh to give this even more glowing praise, if I haven't been doing that enough, like uh, if you haven't played any of the earlier Donkey Kong countries, you should still play this game. Uh, If you have played some of them, you should still play this game. Uh, If you play this one and you like it, maybe go back and play the ones on Super Nintendo and the one on 3DS because they're not all this good, but there is a very obvious um, like lineage and And quality trajectory, right? Like the earlier ones are really good, and they just continued that goodness, and that's not an easy thing. Um if you slept on this on the Wii U, like you know, everybody did because nobody bought a goddamn Wii U. um th- this is a game that I would say, uh buy a switch so you can play Super Mario Odyssey, Breath of the Wild. And this. And there's a ton of other great games on the Switch, but like if you're just like, ah, I can't buy a Switch for one game, okay. Here's your third jewel in your reason to buy a Switch crown. You already could have bought it for Super Mario Odyssey, you already could have made that purchase for Breath of the Wild. And either of those would have been plain justification, no questions asked. But if you needed a third game to justify buying a system, to me, it's this. Uh and 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 same thing for me, man. No, no
2: nostalgia goggles required. Um you know, the, literally the the only thing that we could find to complain about was the, the, the funky mode and 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 again like that's just a missed opportunity more than anything else. Like there's nothing wrong with it. It's it's you know, like on a on a Picasso, like a single, you know brush stroke being out of place where you're like well actually Picasso being a bad example, on a Da Vinci <laughs> painting. Where- <laughs> You're not going to notice that on on a Picasso. It's like a, none of it makes any sense. Um, but you know, it's it's because that because it's a masterpiece. One brushstroke being out of place, it, it 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 calls attention to it. But I mean, no, this game is incredibly enjoyable. I would I I would absolutely take this game out for a drink. But if I did that, I'd have to take it to the monkey bars because because of that. But but that's but that's the, just the thing, though. Is that overall, in the end, as far as apes go, this game's pretty great.
0: The curtain falls The music plays The credits roll Then it all fades To black And you're left by yourself The fanfare is gone There's no player two There by your side To share victories won But as you slowly progress Down the hall to your bed A few great events leak back into your head From the time that you spent Traversing the land Battling evil Fighting the darkness Just sword in hand Your memories creeping With the edge of a smile You realize again What you've lost for a while Gonna think back much less on how you save the day than on all the experience. Day.